Hi guys, it's Kara, host of Everyone's Business But Mine. And let's be real, one thing that makes the show possible is by selling sponsorships to advertisers. One way you can support us in getting more sponsors is by telling us a little bit more about yourself. You can do that by filling out a quick survey at the link in the show description. Plus, your answers are anonymous. They'll help us learn what you love most about the show and how to make it even better. The questions will ask you about the things that help advertisers understand the audience. It'll only take a few minutes, and it's an easy way to help the show. So you can find the link in the show description. Thank you so much, and stay tuned for the rest of the show. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. But that was completely unnecessary. How is Mia doing? Is she, she's not doing well at all, rightly so. And um, she's going to figure out her next couple of days. Where are you going? Um, I, can, I can leave because I'm not going to hear Mia empathizers or somebody who is okay with violence now. But when Monique did it to Candace, she was against violence. I'm not here for Welcome to another episode of Everyone's Business But Mine with me, Kara Berry, our, uh, what, Black Friday Housewives edition. No Salt Lake City this week, so we're just with our Potomac ladies. Um, I have a couple of bits of information from just housewives across the board that I guess we can get into real quick. If we want to talk about that, if we want to fill up some space (laughs) and time here, Um, one. It uh, looks like Real Housewives of Miami, of Miami. Miami is going to be coming back pretty soon. And with that comes Larsa Pippen, unfortunately. And also with that, there's been a lot of news about Larsa, particularly with regard to her newest relationship. Have you guys heard about this with um, Michael Jordan's son? The one that she reportedly used to babysit back when her ex-husband Scotty Pippen was playing for the Bulls? Yeah, yuck. So I just saw a video. First, they tried to fake the funk and be like, oh, no, we're just friends. Like, you guys are crazy. This is so wild. But now they're officially dating. And somebody heckled them at a basketball game. I believe this happened last night or sometime over the weekend. And uh, yeah, they're like, Larsa, what are you doing, girl? (laughs) Fair question. I think I should say that, like, here's the issue. 
I think there's only a 10-ish year difference between them. I believe he might be in his late 20s, early 30s. The issue is that you knew him as a child. Like, that's too close. That's too much for me. No, thank you. Like, you were fully married to a professional basketball player, and you're like, what, in the family room back behind the arena, watching him do Power Rangers moves in the corner and being like, oh, he's so cute. Like, that's weird. No, thank you. Secondly, um, it appears that both Meredith Marks and Jen Shaw have uh, done away with their Twitters due to the current change in ownership. They both uh, released statement. Well, Meredith released a long statement and then Jen quote tweeted that and said, I agree, I'm out. So, you know, I guess we'll be missing two absolute legends on the Twitter sphere. By the way, what are we doing? Where are we going? You Twitter heads? Twitter is my preferred method of social media i'm not really an instagram girl i'm definitely not really a facebook girl like if you catch me in those streets it's probably because you reached out to me first i really don't deal with it but um i really love twitter and like this is sad but also i think there's something that we could take from this it's actually intelligent like yeah we get our tweets off we get our jokes off laughs memes whatever but also we have to like remind ourselves for me anyway this is Twitter is a great tool to receive real-time information about news, things that we need to know, things that, like, are actively happening, how vital it was to, like, the political space and all of that. We don't need to get into that. I'm ta- I'm here to talk about Potomac. But what my question is, where are we going? I signed up for Hive just because I saw somebody else do it. No other reason. I'm not even going to lie to you. Um, it seemed like the easiest one. I tried to look at Mastodon and then I stared at it for about 30 seconds and thought, this seems like a lot, like you're making me do things. And it also seems like I'm putting in a lot of effort. And also it doesn't seem like that effort really matters. So why am I doing it? It seems like at the end of the day, uh, it doesn't even matter. And that's just like a lot of work and I'm not really that tech savvy. So I'm out. Unless somebody wants to create a mastodon for me, you can find me on Hive at Kara Berry. Got my name. This is what was really exciting is that I could actually get my name now. I could actually get my name on a social media handle. And uh, yeah, for this is sad, but it make, does make me feel a little bit like a bad bitch. It does. I have wanted, no, here's the problem is that I have wanted Kara Berry on Twitter. The bitch doesn't tweet. She has not tweeted since like 2008 or 2009. I need the handle. You're not even using it. Oh, it's so annoying. Anyway, let's talk about Potomac. So in my sick little head, now that I'm thinking about it, I'm hoping that Caraberry tries to go on Hive and can't get the handle because I'm just sitting on it. Stop that, bitch. <laughs> anyway, I, not anyway, I get so many, do you guys get this for people who like use, most of you who use your name uh, on Gmail, do you guys get emails frequently from other people with your same name? Because it happens to me uh, probably once a week. Another Caribbean Connecticut just bought a $48 uh, tower candle. I don't even think it was like a real candle. One of those electric ones. And I almost was like, girl, this is, seems like a really irresponsible purchase, to be honest with you. Just one? It doesn't even smell? No. In every email that I get from another Caribbean, I'm like, damn, all of you guys kind of are giving flop here. Kind of, it's kind of given flop behavior. Um, one seemed to be at one point in a lot of financial <laughs> strife. Uh, I hope you're doing better, girl. But there were so many like loans and other shit that I was getting. Like, I are you okay? What's happening? 
I got to protect my girls, but I can't be the only one um, being a bad bitch over here. It seems like the rest of you are struggling. Anyway, let me talk about Potomac, please. There is so much to talk about. Speaking of Twitter, uh, maybe Robin and Giselle might need to consider uh, taking a, a leave of absence themselves because their asses ate up. People are going scorched earth, especially on Robin, but Giselle's getting the chopper too. Woo! Not a good week for uh, for Robin. Not a great week for the Green-Eyed Bandits. I don't know how they're going to come back from this because one thing about the Potomac fans, passionate. They pick a side and they stick there. And a lot of people moved on to Team Wendy. There was a great migration that happened last night and uh, I don't know how the, the girls are going to recover. So let's set the scene, right? We're in Miami. We're getting ready to go to dinner. Mia's in the bathroom on FaceTime with Peter, trying to uncover what alleged beef he has with Wendy. All he says is, I'm going to see her tonight, doesn't really divulge any more information. In a confessional, Mia reveals that she's known Peter for about 10 years, which really, like, it's one of those situations where once they say it, everything makes a lot more sense. Like, yeah, Gordon and Peter have met and they're the best of friends and Mia's in on it too and it makes all the sense in the world. They are like tight, tight. Going to his openings of Bar One, Club One, Medic One, Spa One, uh, Bath House One, Glory Hole One, whatever he's opening over in Charlotte and, and Baltimore. She's there. Gordon's there. Peter was the first man to hold her daughter after Gordon, like, tight, tight. And she says, I know Peter, so I know if he's got beef with somebody, it's because they're either messing with his money or his business. Remember last week when I said Sharice was corny? I, Sharice is corny, okay? Because remember she said, oh, I have my my uh, travel agent on with five hotels. And then we see her ask, shout out to the editors, on the phone herself, on the line with uh, reservations to wherever. Travel agent, my ass, girl. Who Who is the travel agent? Your daughter. Just what I said. She went on to Expedia.com and sent you the photos. Don't tell me any different. Ashley and her emotional support Corona bottle go down to Giselle and Robin's room. She said she was going through her DMs and noticed one of her exes from way back reached out. And they were like, yeah, girl. Once you get a divorce, once they're a breakup, everybody comes out of the woodwork. So you need to be ready. And then Ashley tells them that she found a house. It was listed for $1.5 million, really liked it, put an offer on it. But the owners refused to move until July. She wants to be out by June. So she rescinded the offer, which felt like bullshit to me. Why did they not unpack that? Okay, so you're just going to you couldn't wait just a few weeks. And so what if you don't find a house by June? So you're just going to stay there. (laughs) Doesn't make sense to me. And then she looks at them and is like, I don't know what's going on, but Michael's just been getting more and more difficult. And it feels like everything's starting to be in a fight. And they're like, yeah, this is the reality of what happens when you get a divorce. Like, He probably thought you were bluffing. And if he didn't, he's probably now thinking about you fucking somebody else. You know, maybe getting maple syrup heard on your naked body somewhere in uh, New York metropolitan area. I don't know. He's probably letting those things, scenes run through his mind. And he's going to start being difficult. So then Ashley says in a confessional that Michael's been finding the littlest things to pick at her with. Uh, Why don't we have enough milk? Where's the milk? 
Where's the pamp? That was a little British, but you know what I mean. Just whatever Michael's sniveling about. And she's like, you know, I was here raising those kids while he was living his best life. I'm on vacation. Figure it out, dude. That's not my problem. Then we discover that there are exposed pipes in the ceiling of Robin and Giselle's room that are uh, directly tied to all the bathrooms. So anytime somebody flushes, they have to hear it, which you want to feel bad. No, I actually don't want to feel bad for them. In hindsight, they deserve it. So haha, boo boo on you. Sadly, the only uh, experience we get to have with uh, Candy Gal, if you will, is via FaceTime of her telling Wendy that she's going to be landing at 10 o'clock that night. So then we see Mia and Jacqueline. Mm-mm. Jacqueline, this is not yo friend. Not your friend, girl. Mia's not your friend. Mia is using every opportunity to jam Brady the fuck out of Jacqueline to act like, oh, here you are. You're bothering me. You're annoying. You always need me. I'm always having to do things for you. Oh, my God. Like, it's just too much. It's like a kid's sister who, like, can't manage her own life. Look at her. And they're griping back and forth about how I guess Jacqueline seemingly forgot all of her toiletries. So really, I can't stand on you on that. Like, I'm not giving you my deodorant. We're not going back and forth. So Mia yells at her, you're just going to be funky, bitch. You're just going to have to stink tonight. <laughs> so Mia says in a confessional, look, I love Jacqueline. But, you know, at this point, she's asked me for a uh, tampon, toilet paper, toothbrush, toothpaste. And I can do the first five things. But once we get to that sixth thing, I'm like, bitch, get your own shit. Then they go back and forth about how at one point Jacqueline used a razor that Gordon whew, uses, come to find out, to shave his <sighs> balls. And so, yeah, th- why did we have to hear that? Why did we have to know that? No, thank you. I just wonder if Jacqueline's realizing in real time that her friend is like playing her and really acting like she's a loser. I don't like it. Then Mia goes down to uh, talk to Sharice and talk her into staying as if she wasn't going to... Come on, girl. Like, uh, Sharice is acting like, oh, I'm so fabulous. I'm just going to leave and and go to the SLS and uh, have dinner by myself and champagne, champagne. And that people are just going to be like, no, Sharice, please, please. But they're just like, just stay, girl, because you don't have an option to find another hotel. So just give it up. Keep fanning yourself. You'll be fine. Speaking of Sharice, Mia and Karen sit down to talk about her upstairs. Excuse me. Wendy and Karen talk about her upstairs. And Karen says, listen, when Sharice approached me at that Celebration of Life uh, taco party event, I was down for hanging out with her, but not there. That was not the venue. I haven't seen her in five years. And obviously what Karen's trying to say is that uh, now that Homegirl's got the mic pack back, she wants to talk to me and be friends and Kiki and LOL and like, let's figure out our friendship. But like, I'm not really trying to do that. So she says to Wendy, you know, we can walk in the Starbucks. <laughs> we can take a walk in a Starbucks. I hear they have great matcha. And then she's like, honestly, even for me, it's not even that deep. Like, I don't have this big beef with Sharice. I don't need to have some big conversation. You know, if anybody's making it that serious... Maybe it's because they have misery in their own lives and they're trying to drum up drama for me. I don't know. Meanwhile, up on the balcony, Ashley's got a whole TikTok set up in a tiny dress, no panties on. 
I don't know this life. Ashley Darby is the bravest woman on the entire planet. That dress was so short. Like, it's not even that it was tiny. It was. She's a small girl. It was just that it was short. Like, nobody should be in a dress that short. It doesn't make sense. It, like, the girls from Euphoria would look at her and be like, girl, put some panties on. Like, have some class here. Like, what's going on here? I just don't even know how you can go to a restaurant, how you can, like, kick it with your friends. I would be so worried that one of my labia majora was hanging out, and it probably would be, that, like, I don't even know how you sit down and not just, like, be in a constant state of terror. And you're in Miami where it's hot? Girl, do we at least put some powder on? Mm Mm-mm. Like, that dress looked like something that Kylie would create for Stormy. Like, you know how they do all these, like, look-alike looks, and then she does the same thing for Stormy? It looked like that, both in the style and the size. And that was concerning for me, but we got much more to talk about. As the rest of the ladies are getting ready, um, Ashley and Giselle end up talking to Mia about their plans for the night, and she tells them, oh, we're going to bar one. So Ashley says, oh, does Wendy know that we're going? Because I think She and Peter may have been talking about doing business in Baltimore or something. I don't know. Then Mia tells them, oh, yeah, I heard that Peter has beef with them. Giselle's immediate reaction, which was the correct one, was just to laugh. To be like, "Uh, like, why? And then they're like, oh, you're serious. What for? Why would they have beef? So Giselle says that she actually knows something. And is that Peter told her that Wendy did her research to find something that she had in common with Peter so that she could figure out a way to go into business with him. What? Why would she need to do that? Because Giselle, in this confessional right after, you're like, we all know who Peter is. That's Cynthia Cynthia Bailey's ex. So why would she need to like do her Googles and figure out a way to worm herself into Peter Thomas's life? Does that make sense to anyone? Mm. I also feel like we're creating this narrative in which, like, Wendy's the desperate one and not the one with the Bravo contract and that Peter's, like, the commodity here and he just happens to find his way onto all of these Housewives franchises because everybody loves him so much and that, like, Wendy is somehow lower than him. Mm. (laughs) Okay. So Giselle continues on in a confessional about how she met Peter years ago at the BET Awards. And then later, she and Robin did a charity event at his restaurants in Baltimore. So at that event, he told her that Wendy, and she's like, oh, he couldn't even remember her name. He just said, oh, that girl that you guys hang out with. Uh, Which I don't really think means anything. Like, we see Peter's on a steady diet of weed and Casamigos Reposado. Like, is his story really reliable? I don't think so. Hasn't been historically, as we know, Patricia. So then he tells a story or Giselle tells us that Peter was like, oh, um, she, Wendy came up to me interested in starting this Nigerian restaurant and he thought it was just ludicrous, but he decided to play along with whatever she had to say. So all the girls are laughing at this as though, again, it makes Wendy look bad. But to me, this is just another chapter in the Petty Patricia, Chatty Patty chronicles of him inserting himself into other people's business so that he can be on a show, any show at all. Doesn't matter. Up and down the eastern seaboard, he's ready. He'll show up at Southern Charm. He's in a Carolina. Not the right one, but he he can 
he can hoof it. It's a quick trip. And then I also think we need to be even more fair to Wendy because in the beginning of the season, when we saw them meet up to talk about this business, she says in a confessional, I want to let the record reflect that I did not approach Peter about this. He approached me. He heard a conversation that she was having with a mutual friend of theirs, also named Wendy, at an event and was like, oh, yeah, like I would really be interested in doing business with you. We can see that footage. What was what? Episode one? It's right there. So after Mia, Giselle, and Ashley finish that conversation, we think everything's going to be light and bright. But then the screen says two hours later and we just see flashes. Wendy's face is wet. People are screaming. Glassware is being thrown. Cut to commercial. When we come back, Mia's at the table. All the girls are kind of getting ready for the cars, I guess. So she asks if everybody wants to take a shot. Ashley comes in the room. She's like, Ashley, do you want to take a shot? Ashley's like, hell yeah, dude. Is a bear shit in the woods? And then Mia's like, does a frog have a watertight asshole? What? Does a frog have a watertight asshole? I, I don't know. Does it? Yeah, it does. Oh, okay. All right, Mia, I'll take the shot. <laughs> this is Mia's MO. Is like somebody will say something and then she'll be like, I'm also going to say that and make it weird. She does it every time. Most of the time it's funny. The ladies get in the car and it's Mia and Karen and a couple other people, not Sharice. And Mia decides to take this time to tell Karen that she actually is kind of understanding where she's coming from. And she starts to talk about her perspective, but then Jacqueline kind of says something, not really trying to interrupt her, but Mia's like, shh, Jacqueline, I'm speaking. (laughs) And so Jacqueline and Wendy are looking at each other like, okay, like, what are you coming at me for? But then Mia keeps going on to say that I like Sharice, but I just feel some type of way about her needing these certain accommodations. She doesn't want to share a bathroom. It's a house full of girls. There's five bathrooms. We're totally fine. And then she says, before I was kind of on the fence about this whole situation, but I'm kind of on your side, Karen, because Sharice does seem like a little bit dramatic. So then in the other car, Robin and Giselle are talking about Reasonably Shady. They're doing a subject about listeners figuring out when it is that you can let your guard down around your partner. So Sharice, of course, reveals that she never farts or poops in front of her partner. She's never gone to the bathroom in front of her ex-husband. And it's like, yeah, okay, well, you're full of shit. So we see it. You didn't even tell us that. For some reason, Robin decides to tell us that she and Juan are very open, but they live in a naked house. That uh, 14-year-old Corey has no problem uh, walking into the bathroom while Robin's spread eagle taking a shower and just having a normal conversation. I don't really care. I don't know, like, is this very conversation or controversial that people have uh, naked houses? And, like, at some point it can get weird, but it's like, I don't know, like... I I don't know. Maybe it's because I've only really ever lived in a house with all women. I mean, my parents divorced pretty early. So, yeah, it's like, you see a a titty? Who cares? What's that? I'm not, like, psychologically damaged. Who cares? (laughs) Giselle says in a confessional that Corey's old enough to know what a coochie is. So maybe Robin needs to uh, close close her legs. Close her legs, maybe. Um, And then Ashley's like, well, I come from a naked house, which I don't think surprised a single person. Of course he did. <laughs> then we get to the restaurant. Wendy says in a confessional that, yeah, I'll say hi to Peter, but I'm not here on business. So I'm not going to be talking business with him. We can save that for Monday. 
they sit down. Robin asks when Candace is coming in. This is what starts the whole thing. It really does. Ashley's like, oh gosh, it's just really going to be a shift when Candace gets here. So Robin's like, well, yeah, I mean, that's because you guys have a big issue. And Ashley says, what's the big issue? Ashley, uh, last week Candace called you a lying, vindictive bitch because you exposed to everybody that Chris may have flirted with somebody. And then you said the pendulum always swings the wrong way with, in regard to um, uh, Candace rightfully calling Michael, your ex-husband, a predator. Um, what do you mean? What's the issue? So Ashley says, well, I just feel like Candace doesn't like having a mirror held up to her face. And so, you know, if that makes me vindictive, then so be it. So Ashley's like, uh, by the way, asking the group, did somebody say that I said that Chris touched my friend? And they're like, yeah, you definitely said that. Everybody's like, I heard that. I heard that. I heard that. Giselle's, yeah, I for sure heard that. Somebody definitely said that. Who said it? Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com We see footage of uh, them at the winery in the Sprinter on the way back where Giselle is telling Robin, Karen, and Mia that her girlfriend said that Chris propositioned her at the bar and was feeling her butt. Then we see a montage of Robin, Giselle, and Mia all giving their version of what they heard in a confessional. Um, I heard he touched her here. Maybe he rubbed her side. He was giving her flirty eyes. He touched her butt. He was grabbing. He wasn't grabbing. And then Mia says, oh, well, you know, Candace doesn't really have a big ass, so maybe he was just trying to get something out of it. And then she laughs. Ew. Ew. Ashley tells the ladies, if I said that, I would own it, but I didn't. So Giselle says, well, what you said was that he rubbed on the side of her leg and a, her butt. So we see the flashback of Ashley doing this, telling everybody this at the table. And she tells, she's like telling Candace and the rest of the ladies, the woman was standing at the bar ordering a drink. Chris came up and was kind of like, she does this gesture that's just very vague. Like, I don't even know how to describe it to you, but she's kind of like, I don't even know what to do. I don't know how anybody was supposed to interpret that into, Oh, he grabbed somebody's ass. It it was a reach Giselle. So Ashley says, no, I said he leaned into the bar, like put his arm up on the bar. Like, Hey girl, you know, that sort of move. And Giselle says, but did he rub her butt after that? Now she says, no, Giselle. I <laughs> I didn't say that. So now I'm a little confused because Ashley said that this 
woman was the new mom friend that she had that came over to the apartment. Is that also Giselle's friend? Does she know her? Or is this another person? What's going on? It's possible that Giselle doesn't know this person at all, just saw Ashley making a gesture and decided to make up this whole story about her girlfriend (laughs) that this happened to. What's going on? Oh my God. So then... Giselle continues to stir the pot by telling Karen and Sharice, oh, you know, I saw you guys say hello to each other at the airport. I was just so glad. I saw you guys smiling at each other. And Sharice goes, "Mm mm-hmm, a little bit. So Giselle says, have you guys not spoken since then? What's going on? And they're both like, girl, don't, don't do this. So Sharice says, no, because uh, I heard that Karen said I was coming from a bad place. So Karen says, who told you that? And Sharice says, Wendy. So what actually happened is that Wendy told Sharice that Karen said she's in a good place, a.k.a. I don't really need to go back and forth with you over whatever you need to talk to me about, Sharice. And so Wendy just, as like a supposition, was like, Oh, I told Karen or I asked Karen, well, how would you feel if uh, Sharice was not coming from a good place? Which Sharice warped and interpreted as Wendy telling her that Karen told Sharice that she's not coming from a good place. Now, to be fair, Sharice is not coming from a good place. But that's not what Karen said. And it's not what Wendy said. So Wendy tries to stop this with Sharice and be like, "Mm -mm, I'm not even in this. Don't deflect and put stuff on me that I didn't say, especially when this is between you and Karen, whatever you got going, that's y'all shit. You got all this energy for me. And yet you haven't even said one thing towards Karen. Are you scared of her? <laughs> Mia tries to get Wendy to be quiet, but Wendy says, no, cause what we're not going to do is you act like uh, you're Sharice's ride or die. Cause you were just in that car five minutes ago saying you don't, you understand why Karen doesn't fuck with her. So <laughs> don't do this to me. This is when Robin starts to get activated by telling Mia, uh, don't let Wendy twist your words. Uh, let her, you know, say what you really said. So Mia says, all that I said was that, Sharice, you were being a little theatrical with the rooms. And um, Robin's like, no, she wasn't. There are zero bathrooms in her vicinity. She wasn't being dramatic. <laughs> Robin, shut up. Shut up. Then uh mia starts to imitate sharice like darling i need to be at the four seasons where's my air conditioning i need somebody to fan me (laughs) so karen says to sharice listen we're not gonna act like i'm the one stalling it you're the one who invited me to lunch i said yes you haven't followed up on that so that's kind of on you Sharice says that the reason why she wanted to have lunch was to ask Karen what her beef was with her. And Karen says, we're just in a different place. That's it. I'd rather leave the past in the past. I don't go backwards. I go forwards. Sharice says, how am I supposed to be moving forward if I don't even know what your issue is? And says, well, it's easy. I did it five years ago. (laughs) Sharice says in a confessional that Karen's been avoiding her since day one. Like, the last time they saw each other on the show at the reunion. And she thinks it's probably because Karen thinks that Sharice knows all her secrets and she's probably right. (laughs) Okay. 
And then the funniest thing that I feel like nobody keeps talking about happens. Sharice is trying to keep talking to uh, Karen and the food comes. So as soon as the uh, plate gets right in front of Karen, she, she just, whatever the fuck Sharice is talking about, she's over it. God is good. God is great. Let us sing for our food. Happy birthday to me. Happy birthday to me. And that's it. That is how she ends the conversation with Sharice. It was so fucking funny. <laughs> I'm going to sing happy birthday to yourself. <laughs> I love her. I love her and I need her in my life forever. And that's it. Giselle says something in a confessional. This is the one and only time that I'm going to agree with her in this episode, which is saying that Karen is a mess. <laughs> I love her, but she's a mess. And the more that Karen keeps avoiding this Cherie stuff, the more she wants to know why. And I'm with you. Like some skeleton has to be in the closet. There's something that Karen doesn't want to get into. And it's more than just I've evolved and I've moved on and I'm only moving forward. Dory style, just keep swimming. It's more than that. Of course, wrong place, wrong time. Peter shows up in that moment to say hi to the ladies. And does this man ever take his sunglasses off? I, I have not seen that man's corneas since probably 2015. Is he okay? So he keeps it cute. He's saying hi to the ladies, giving them kisses on the cheek. He kind of says hi to Wendy. Wendy mentions how they have Nigerian shrimp on the menu. And he's like, oh, yeah, whatever. And then he looks at her and is like, hey, you know, once you're done eating, come find me. Right. Ashley says in a confessional, I wasn't getting all this energy that Mia was acting like they had beef. He seemed like his perfectly jovial Jamaican self to me. So then... Ashley turns to Mia and is like, do you think that maybe Peter was just joking? Mia's like, well, he is a jokester, but you know what? I'm going to ask him. So she gets up to go find Peter. Sharice also gets up for whatever reason, probably go to the bathroom or something. But at that moment, Giselle turns to Karen and says, I just want to ask that you try and fix something between Sharice. Karen says, Giselle, I didn't ask her to lunch. And you're sitting in front of a 5'9 right now. (laughs) Giselle says, What's a five nine? Uh, 59, because my birthday's tomorrow. Happy birthday to me. <laughs> I love her. <laughs> Mia is able to find Peter. And for some reason, Sharice has decided to barnacle herself into this conversation. So Peter says the situation with Wendy is that he was looking at the steakhouse in Baltimore Harbor. Wendy expressed interest in wanting to go in on it. He sent her the paperwork and he hasn't heard back from her since. And so Cherie says, well, you know, I'm going to leave, but I just wanted to tell you, Peter, that at some point I do want to pick your brain because I'm looking to do a lounge, a a champagne lounge. And so Peter says, well, are you going to blow me off like Wendy? And she says, no, I'm not Wendy. Don't worry about that. I'm definitely not Wendy. Mia says, yeah, because her checks will clear. (laughs) Okay. um, Do you have any money from your 25, the joints? Or did you get cut off from your family, like you said? So maybe we need to not count people's money since you seem to have been cut off from all of it recently. Maybe we should think about that. After Sharice walks away, Mia asks Peter, like, what's going on? Like, do you feel some type of way? Do you feel like Wendy just tried to cut you out of stuff? And he's like, I don't know her like that. I'm just a little bit slighter that she came to my restaurant and my city and didn't even holler at me. And then he says, regardless of whether or not Wendy ever responds to him, 
He's still going to move forward to the steakhouse. And Mia continues to throw shade at Wendy, being like, she's a professor. She's doing her candles. Now she wants to do a restaurant. She doesn't know what she's talking about. You know, if you were going to put your money anywhere, Peter, I would put your money on Charisse. Goodbye. So back at the table, now that Mia's gone, Jacqueline's free to share her thoughts about her relationship with Mia. And she tries to explain, listen, Mia can be a little bit much at times. It's fine because I've known her since we were kids. But honestly, if I had met her as an adult, I'm not sure if we would be friends. And then she says that they both have really strong personalities. But what Mia tries to do is be bossier over her and that she's probably the only friend of Mia's that doesn't go along with all the shit that she's got going on. Hmm. So then Mia gets back to the table and Giselle asks her how the conversation went with Peter. She says, oh, you know, I was on a FaceTime call with Peter earlier. He said that he had beef with Wendy. And Wendy says, I don't have beef with men. What's what's going on here? It's like, Mia, it seems like you're doing a little too much. If he's got beef with me, he can call my husband. So Mia says to everybody that Peter sent Wendy a contract and that he hadn't heard back from her since then. So then they ask Wendy about this in the confessional. She pulls out her phone. We see the screenshots where he just says, hey, I'm going to send you the red line, uh, the first draft of the red line to the landlord. So she's like, okay, that's awesome. What are the next steps? Are we going to be able to do a site visit? And so he says, I'll see. And that was the end of the conversation. She says, I never heard from him after that. So then Mia says, well, I just think that you should let him know that you were coming to Miami. And she's like, why? Is he my man? Mia tries to get all after school special about how, you know, I just feel like you should want to learn from him. And, you know, he's almost like a mentee for you. And Giselle's sitting on the other side of the table like, yep. Yeah, I agree. I agree. That does make sense. So Wendy tells him, the only man I'm ever going to tell I'm in town is my husband. And Mia's like, well, you need to get over that because this is business. And Wendy says, Maybe that's how you communicate with men, but I don't do business that way. And so Mia starts stunting, peacocking. I'm the only black uh, woman at my boardroom sitting at the table. And Wendy says, and I'm the only black female professor at Johns Hopkins and the youngest one. So don't tell me how to be a boss. Honestly, I can't really tell you what Wendy was looking for since she did think that it was a good idea to have some sort of children's hour in the middle of the day at a adults only lounge otherwise. But I will say that I didn't get the impression that Wendy was looking for him to mentor her. I think she wanted to go into business with a guy who knew what he was doing and she didn't. So I don't really know what she owes him. Now I will say that the underlying context within this is the uh, respect or respectability politics that comes with the black community with regard to reaching out, saying hello, all of that. There is a, I think I've spoken about this before, but there's such a dynamic to that, like speaking to somebody. If you're entering a room and say, um, you know, maybe you have an issue with somebody or things are weird. Did you speak? Or it's a respect thing. Like uh, you're going to the holiday. You're not going to uh, enter into somebody's house without saying hi to grandma or the elders, right? Same for if you're going into town, right? 
and you know a family member or a close person to your family, usually you'll reach out, at least be like, hey, I'm in the town. What's up? So I think there is like an underlying cultural thing that maybe not everybody picks on, but still, this is bullshit. But I want to give Mia like 3% credit because when she said in a confessional earlier, like, oh, I've been to all of his spots before when I'm in town, you know, you eat at the family's restaurants. That's the cultural thing that she's speaking about. Like, I know him. That's my people. If I'm in town, I'm going to hit him up. But Wendy doesn't know him that. That's not really her people. It's somebody she's kind of dipping a toe into maybe going into business with, but maybe not. Now, there's the other contextual thing of like, oh, this is a restaurant and they're looking into going to the restaurant nightlife business together. Maybe she should say something to that if she's going to be, a, you know, a, patronizing his establishment. But also, I just feel like she, Mia, is making this so silly and Robin to Wendy to Robin and Giselle are just like that bitch eating crackers. They don't care. Like, they're never going to be on her side. There's never going to be a time where they like, uh, you know, are going to side with her, even though she makes all the sense in the world. And so they're going to hoop de hoop and holla holler and be like, oh, yeah, Mia, you're right. Even though this whole thing is stupid. It really is not that big of a deal. So Mia then tries to flip things about being like, why are you bringing up my husband when we're talking about business? And Giselle backs her up. And Wendy's like, listen, maybe this is how you do business with you and your husband. But me and my husband just don't play like that. Mia says, I'm just so confused. And Wendy tries to explain to her, you're talking to me about being in town and not calling a guy when I'm in his town, but I'm not in town for business. And then Mia throws a drink at Wendy, just eats it right at her. Doesn't really make it. 85% of it did not get on her, but whatever. Karen is sitting in between them. She gets up immediately. Ashley's sitting next to Mia. She's like, this is too close. This is too close to me. So she gets up. And so Mia gets up out of her chair to tell Wendy that she needs to leave. Because no, nobody's going to be talking about her husband. Security comes from production. They get in between Wendy and Mia. And then uh, Wendy gets up and says, what the fuck are you going to do about it if I don't leave? What are you going to do? So at this point, Robin starts acting holier than thou, calling Wendy, you're being very antagonistic. Oh, Wendy, I don't like this. You're very antagonistic. And then she pulls out her phone, puts the flash on, and says that she's going to start playing TMZ. And we see the screen pop up. This is RDZ, the Robin Dixon zone. And we get her cell phone footage of what happens. At this point, Wendy is screaming about how Mia and Gordon fuck other men and women. And then Robin pans over to Karen, who's like, I'm just, I'm confused. It's my birthday. <laughs> Wendy's yelling, what kind of boss throws a drink? Is that real boss behavior? Robin, who still has this camera flashed in Wendy's face, tells Wendy to stop baiting and being antagonistic if she doesn't actually want to fight. So then Wendy looks at her and Robin is like, and she looks at Robin and says, Robin, in all fairness, like... She just threw a drink at me. Robin goes, well, if you want to fight, then fight. And then she starts to shush Wendy. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. 
Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. But Wendy will not be shushed. And she goes on to talk about how um, Mia might be fucking Peter. and Maybe that's why she's getting all upset about this. Why would you throw a drink over me at somebody or drink at me over somebody who's not even your husband? Jacqueline gets Mia to try to walk away. But then Wendy um, yells to Mia that she's a corny crater faced bitch. And uh, Mia didn't like that. So she walks back towards the table and then she's quickly ushered back away. So Ashley is trying to ask Wendy, are you okay? Did you get wet from that drink thrown at you? She's like, oh, you know, like a little bit, but I got a wet and wavy unit in right now. I'm fine. It's a wig, you guys. It's a a wig. Um, Karen tells Robin, turn the camera off. But Robin's like, no, I'm doing it. So there's not going to be any um, bullshit. So we can see everything. So Mia's, or excuse me, Ashley's like, you know, Mia threw shots when she threw that drink. Because if somebody threw a drink on me, it would be going down. Giselle asks Karen, how did that drink completely miss you? And Karen's like, God's got me. Happy birthday to me. (laughs) And then Ashley's like, yeah, Karen, you were like Neo from the Matrix in this bitch. Honestly, I don't know how to describe what the editors did after that. It's just a whole Matrix scene. Retelling of Mia throwing the drink. You have to just watch it. I'm not going to do it justice. It's strange, wild, wacky, and fun. It was a ride. Robin says, you know, Mia wasn't right for throwing that drink, but Wendy, you kept antagonizing her and talking. So Mia comes back to the table and Karen whispers to her, you know, throwing a drink isn't cool, right? Like, uh, not cool. So Mia's like, I don't care. She was talking about my husband. How are you going to defend her? So Karen says, I just don't think you need to be throwing a drink, Wendy. I don't think you need to be talking about Mia's husband. So for some reason, this whole situation is highly upset to Giselle, who starts screaming at Karen, you're humping, you're humping, like you're riding the fence. Um, And she's like, you need to be a friend to somebody in this moment. (laughs) Shut up. (laughs) Like Karen's got to pick a side between Wendy and Mia. She just said, I don't like that you spoke about Mia's husband. Mia, you shouldn't have thrown a drink. Can that be enough? Like, both people can be wrong. Two things can be true. Shut the fuck up, Giselle. This has nothing to do with you. So Mia starts to put her hand back in Wendy's face. And when Wendy gets up and says, I gave you a pass for that drink, but you got one more motherfucking time. Security guard has to get Wendy at this point. Now as he's doing it, Wendy actually like kind of stumbles and she has to uh, like level herself. But in the me in the meantime, she kind of like nudges Karen. Not a hit, not a punch. Like, wasn't even trying to make contact with her, just trying to like steady herself, right? So Karen goes, Why am I getting hit? What did I do? <laughs> Mia calls Wendy ghetto. We'll just let that uh statement rest. Yeah. Um Karen claims that she's been injured and that she might have whiplash <laughs> from this very gentle tap. <laughs> so then 
Wendy comes back to the table pretty quickly. She continues to call Mia a crater face bitch. She calls her raggedy for throwing a drink at her over a man. And Wendy's like, it wasn't because of Peter. It's because of the bullshit that you said about my husband. So Wendy starts to talk about how Mia claims to be this boss and the CEO, but you just threw a drink at somebody. What kind of CEO does that? And Giselle, if you didn't hear her, she goes, that one. And she might do it again. Shut the fuck up. Isn't the World Cup happening? We're moving a lot of goalposts here. And I feel like that's illegal. Red, red flag. Red flag. I do know some soccer references, you guys. I did play. I was, I was a, a world star player in my local <laughs> local um, rec league back when I was six and seven. Okay? The Hope Solo. You got nothing on me. Is Hope Solo a racist? She might be. Maybe I should change the reference to Megan Rapinoe just to be just to be safe. Not sure. Anyways, Wendy keeps asking what kind of CEO throws a drink at somebody. Uh, Mia decides to uh, throw her purse in Wendy's direction, just right at her head. Just oops upside the head. Probably a lot like uh, Candace's mom did to her. Never mind. Um, so at that point, Mia has to leave. Okay. Mia has to leave. And Wendy's screaming, look at the CEO. Look at the boss. Look at what she's doing. Robin keeps calling Wendy antagonistic. Wendy says, no, I use my words. But so far, Mia's thrown a drink at me. She's thrown her purse. She's chosen to be violent. And that's on her. Thank you. So Robin does her typical, like, when she's mad, she's trying to make a moment. Oh, Wendy's always right. She's a winner. She's always right. And then she gets up. Mia's outside of the restaurant calling Gordon to try to get her flight so she can leave. So Robin and Giselle find her and they're like, no, you're not leaving. You're the host. If we're leaving, we're all leaving. And, you know, you're not staying for her. So Wendy's like, or Mia goes, look at my hand. Look at my nails. And I guess two of her nails were broken. They're like, oh, my God, ma'am, you broke your nails. You broke them. (laughs) Or maybe the security guard broke them on accident, tried to wrangle you. But the only person who ever put uh, anybody in anybody's direction was you. So I'm not going to be too mad that your uh, press-ons popped off. That's on you. Mia says in a confessional that she's really embarrassed and that all her life she had to fight. If somebody gets to her that she is in a space now where she feels like she has to defend herself physically, but that's something you need to talk to a therapist about, you know, that, that is not her problem. You started all of this, all of it. As soon as Peter got on that FaceTime to say that he had beef with Wendy, your nipples got so hard. You decided to tell everybody what happened. You decided to bring it to the table. You decided to make a whole big deal out of it when it was really like him just being an old head, an old dude, just being like, I feel some type of way because of some of her social politics that are bullshit because he's old. He's old. And this doesn't matter. He's got this old machismo thing as if we're supposed to kiss your ring like he's fucking uh, the godfather. Okay? She can get her Nigerian shrimp somewhere else. Like, is it really that deep for you? I don't think it is. But the fact that Mia even made it more deep than that. Like, Peter was operating at a baseline of silly. And she was like, let me get the whole goof troop and start a parade. And this is what we got. Back at the table, Karen's trying to get clarity as to whether or not Wendy started to insult Gordon before or after Mia threw the drink at her. She says after. We did see a flashback where before Mia threw the drink, Wendy says to me, 
Mia. Me and my husband don't play it that like that, which I don't think is a shot towards Gordon. The drink is thrown. And then we see 45 sec- 41 seconds later, after Mia threw the drink, Wendy starts talking about how Gordon and Peter, who's fucking who, men, women, we're all getting it, apparently. So, uh, yeah, let, let's... She was right on that one, technically. <laughs> it, 41 seconds, but she was right. So then Karen asks if it's true, if are the rumors true about Mia fucking Peter? She's like, I don't know. I honestly, I said that out of anger, but I mean, there's a rumor about it, but I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> so Ashley's like, I just don't like the physicality of it. I like Mia, she's my friend, but I just I don't like to get to that place. Speaking of not liking the physicality of it, have you guys seen the video? I'm sure you have at this point, of Michelle. Oh my god, who was being who was interviewing her? Gail. Gail was Gail was interviewing Michelle Obama and uh she asked her about the housewives and she's like, Yeah, I really like Potomac. I really like Potomac in Atlanta. Like I don't really like it when they get you know, physical with each other. Then she goes, I don't really mind when the white housewives fight, but I just don't like to see, you know, my girls, my sisters fighting like that. But she is a Potomac fan and I loved it. So then Mia gets in the car with Jacqueline and on the way, she's FaceTiming Gordon, telling him clearly a very biased version of the story that doesn't include everything that led up to wendy talking about uh whatever their bed habits are and she also says karen didn't defend me she was totally on wendy's side i was just so shocked because she wasn't there for me like i thought she'd be boo the episode ends with giselle getting back to the table and ashley asks her oh how's mia doing and she's like well understandably rightfully so she's not doing very well she's going to be figuring out her next couple days and so we're just waiting so wendy gets up from the table like "Mm -mm. i'm not going to be sitting here listening to mia empathizers who are now suddenly okay with violence but when monique did it to candace giselle you were against it and i'm not here for hypocrites and giselle couldn't say anything could she not a single thing those green eyes got real wide and that mouth got real tight And then Wendy walks off by saying, if I see her at the house, I'm going to fuck her shit up. (laughs) And I like that energy. I do. Um, For some reason, we get a to be continued. It's just a black screen, but a coconut falls. Very dramatic. Like in a way that maybe you would see a, 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 what do you call that drink? Bai? B-A-I? Bay? Bay. like something like that if you're doing like a drink commercial and you're like "Ooh, let's talk about how fresh these fruits are that aren't actually in the drink and it's just like a coconut just smashes in the ground in half in slow motion why what did i miss something what was that oh and also then there was a uh disclaimer from johns hopkins saying that they don't um they're not associated with the real housewives of potomac so shout out to wendy for that one With that, you guys, I hope you had a great Thanksgiving. I hope you have a great week. Happy Friday. Have a good weekend. Thank you guys so much for listening. Thank you for speaking. Bye.